Hi friends, you're listening to Girl Confidential and today's episode is going to be about something that I'm very passionate about and I really wish that this conversation was easier to talk about for us women, but being labeled as the superhero multitasking mothers that we are, it can be hard to admit that we do in fact need help and are struggling. And I'm aware this topic can be very triggering for some, so Just listen with open, receptive ears because this is something that we should all strive to eliminate where we can for ourselves. We deserve to have relief, but our pride, sometimes, it it makes it hard for us to be able to let that guard down and ask for help. (laughs) So... A little bit about my experience with depression. I do believe it's an ancestral curse that has not yet been broken. Um, So I'm trying to heal myself of that on a lot of deep levels. Hopefully helping my loved ones also by doing that. I've struggled with it ever since puberty really along with severe anxiety. I actually was almost not able to graduate from high school because my attendance record even with really good grades, um, it was just so bad. I had missed too much school due to my mental health that it became a huge problem. So fast forward to having a baby and very much aware of postpartum depression, I knew with my predisposition to PPD, it would probably hit me really hard. Um, So for that reason, I obviously wanted to prepare myself as best as I could because I didn't want to end up in a really dark place and unable to pull myself out. Because once I'm there, I'm there (laughs) and everything is just so heavy and dark and numb. Um, So I just wanted to avoid getting to that place and losing myself in it. Postpartum isn't really something that you can prepare for. It looks different for everybody. So my advice is going to be coming from my own experience and may not apply to everyone, but I do think that it will help majority of moms dealing with postpartum depression. And I do think a lot of PPD is situational. So if anything that I talk about resonates with you and your situation, then applying this would probably really benefit you. So, a big reason for postpartum depression is because of our hormones, right? They totally plummet after you deliver your placenta and they take time to recalibrate. This isn't something we can totally control, but there are steps that we can take to help. A lot of offices can actually offer you progesterone shots. Progesterone can have an antidepressant effect And I've heard really great results from women who have gone this route. My sister actually went ahead and did some and she said it helped so much. Um, I never did it, but I probably should have. Uh, So just ask your OB, midwife, pediatrician, anyone that you're dealing with if they offer them. Um, And a couple other things that you could look into are natural hormone stabilizers like chast tree or you could even try maca powder. I take maca powder um, every day and I do really like it. So aside from our hormone changes, there are really important factors to take into consideration here. I've noticed with a lot of women, 
that their PPD has cultivated due to feelings of isolation, pure exhaustion, taking on more than they can handle and not able to stay up on calories or liquids because they're busy taking care of the baby. This seems to happen to nearly everyone. And it's really unfortunate. Our society has set up women to feel like utter failures and to be in a constant state of overwhelm. And other cultures do recognize this time as a mother's time to recover and bond with her baby. She doesn't do any house chores. She doesn't cook or clean. She just lays in bed with her baby. She has a support system, usually her mother, grandmother, siblings, um, you know, anyone in her family will be taking care of her and the baby until she's recovered and then she goes back home. I know this is not realistic for most people, but we should try our best to take some notes from these other cultures and implement what we can. We were not designed to care for a baby on our own. It's not possible to do so and maintain your sanity. It's even stressful for two people to take care of a baby. We are a tribe species. We're out of our natural element. That is why this period is so taxing. It's unnatural for us. That's why right now, community is the single most important thing. Your parents, grandparents, siblings, cousins, friends, coworkers, maybe even your neighbors if you're close with them. If anyone can do even just one small favor, it will do so much for you. It takes one task off your plate and you'll feel seen, heard, nurtured. Being nurtured is so, so important. And I know it might feel weird asking people for something, but chances are most people will reach out to you at some point and ask if you need anything. This is your opportunity to say, yes, I do. Thank you for asking. Those are your golden tickets. You have to take advantage of when people offer you help. People want to feel like they helped ease the load and they will be. It's a win-win. So let people help you. This is the best piece of advice that I can offer. And along with that, you should really set up some type of meal system, whether that be a meal train, preparing freezing meals before your delivery, or asking for Postmates gift cards at your baby shower. I asked for Uber Eats gift cards and it was one of the best decisions I made. The only thing is that those apps aren't cheap, so you will go through the gift cards really quickly. My sister came over and cooked for all of us a few times, which was so helpful because we also had leftovers. And my parents, they always asked um, what they could bring over when any of them were coming over. So I never pass up those opportunities. And it really makes you appreciate your support system that much more because you just feel so taken care of. And I don't know. I enjoyed it. I really loved when my sister would come over and do that. And the same thing goes for when people offer to do house chores for you. If you don't already have a really efficient system in place for house chores, let people do things for you. Sweep, do the dishes, do some laundry, let you shower, nap, anything. One task can make a huge difference. So don't feel bad about letting people do chores for you. I promise they don't mind. I know we're made out to be these like multitasking queens who just get shit done but this really is not the time to be doing that and taking on so many responsibilities 
it's not good for your recovery and it will definitely make you feel totally and completely defeated. So I'm probably also resentful of your husband too if you're up doing all of this stuff. So even if you can do it all, you shouldn't do it all. And I think the lack of communication in our relationships is where a lot of these feelings of isolation and overwhelm creep in. Our relationship is forever changed and we have to find new ways of navigating this dynamic. It's really challenging and it's a big reason why so many people can't seem to stay together after they have a baby. Unmet needs and unmet unmet expectations are huge weights on a relationship. Then add sleep deprivation, a screaming infant, takes a lot of effort and communication to keep a relationship alive. And I think it's best to open up the door for this conversation before the baby arrives and shit hits the fan. (laughs) You'll most likely not be thinking straight. You may be really edgy or snappy. Your hormones are going to be all crazy. So I think writing out each other's expectations beforehand is the best way to go about it. Maybe give a specific window of time for them to care for the baby so that you can get some uninterrupted sleep or to cook you really nourishing meals every evening. Maybe put them in charge of nighttime feedings, whatever you can do to get sleep and maintain your sanity. If your partner isn't stepping up, offer gentle reminders. The truth is, men are pretty clueless. And if we don't ask, they usually don't do. We have to tell them what we want, how we want it, when we want it, and they'll usually make it happen. Don't feel sorry for yourself and try to tackle it all alone because they haven't offered. If we don't show them what we need and how we need it done, they don't ever know. So show them how to change a diaper, repair a bottle, wash bottles or pump parts. You'll probably have to be pretty direct. And I know sometimes it's easier to just do it yourself rather than have to show someone else how to do it right, but you'll save yourself a lot of energy later. So just get it over with and (laughs) show them how to do things so that they can help you. And sleep deprivation will absolutely drive you to insanity and sleeping when the baby sleeps does not always work. When baby finally sleeps, that's usually our time to go pee, get more water, grab a snack, clean pump parts, start a little laundry, whatever it is that you need to do. And then next thing you know, baby's awake again. Instead, this is why I suggested dedicating a certain time frame to dad. If you don't, chances are you'll end up doing all of it mostly by yourself. If you're nursing, this is a little more tricky But if you can even have dad take over for just an hour or two, it'll help so much. Not feeling like you're carrying all the weight is important, and a lot of men don't understand the effort and invisible hard work it takes to care for an infant all hours of the day. You don't get any breaks. So them doing the tasks you normally do is important. And they'll need to realize that if you want to maintain a healthy relationship. And the tasks that you normally do, not, obviously this isn't like every couple, every family dynamic, but the tasks like laundry, cooking, cleaning, whatever it is that you normally do when you're not taking care of an infant, 
dad has to take on those responsibilities. And that's something that I think all couples need to talk about. So a few services that are super helpful in minimizing the load are hiring a postpartum doula, using Instacart, and also taking advantage of Amazon's subscription option. So postpartum doulas can get pricey, but if you can afford one, I highly suggest it. They will come over and make your life so much easier. You have a trusted professional to take care of your baby so that you can nap. They will do household chores, cook for you. Um, Most will even give you massages and prepare your bath. Just do all the works. Like doulas are a godsend. And there's just something about doulas. They always have the most nurturing energy ever. Like they're just so comforting. (laughs) So look up some for your area and see what services they offer. They do usually have like package options with a certain amount of hours available. Instacart was my lifesaver and I still use it now because it makes grocery shopping so much less of a thing. Like no one has to leave if we don't feel like it or don't have the time. It's so easy to use and you really do save a lot of time. And I like that they have the option of leaving the groceries on the porch because my introverted ass would rather just grab the groceries once they've left. (laughs) I'm terrible. Um, But I do have $10 in credits that I can give to friends. So if you want to try it out and get $10 off plus free shipping, then just DM me and I'll send you the link. Um, And then with Amazon, most products you can subscribe to and have them delivered every month or every other month and so on. You also save a certain percentage every time. I think it's anywhere from 3 to 5% maybe. I could totally be lying, but I <laughs> I think it's something like that. So by doing this, you can save money and then you can cancel it whenever you want. So for things like wipes, diapers, formula, snacks for you, it's really convenient to just have it automatically shipped to you so you don't have to worry about going to the store to grab these items that you cannot survive running out of. And these are just options to make your life a little easier, but obviously not getting to the root of the deeper issues isn't going to keep anybody from sinking into a really low place. A traumatic birthing experience can be a huge catalyst for postpartum depression too. So If you happen to have a birthing experience that was really stressful or even just less than favorable, it doesn't have to be, you know, this crazy chaotic situation in order for you to be holding trauma from it. It could be worth going to therapy over. Don't deny yourself an opportunity to heal. It's common for women to hold trauma because of their birth. And if you can get help for healing, don't just write it off. It will save you a lot of unresolved feelings later bottling up these emotions can actually be really dangerous in times of stress um and it can also cause a lot of health problems by bottling up traumatic emotions and not allowing them to be released so i definitely suggest talk therapy if that's your thing uh which does i really i i want to quickly cover um something i've been thinking about lately and that is these women who snap 
you know who I'm talking about. You know, there's these stories that get shared on Facebook of these women who were just such incredible, amazing mothers and no one could ever see it coming. How does this happen to someone like that? You know, these women just freak out and they hurt their babies and it's so terrible. It's really sad. There's no excuse for harming a baby, but We really need to stop ignoring the real issue here. Expressing your disgust for these women and stating the things that you would do to them isn't going to help keep this from happening in the future. The problem is that these women are entering actual states of psychosis, which I'm certain I've entered myself several times. When you have not slept in three days, you've rarely eaten and your baby won't stop screaming and crying. Yeah, sometimes you just have to walk away and collect yourself. And it's really unfortunate that some people don't have the stability to deal with such stressful circumstances as this. But going through it myself, it really does not surprise me that so many women end up losing their minds. Some babies are really high knees and or colicky. Ash was both. And there were so many times I thought to myself, there was no possible way I could keep doing this. I would just cry while he cried because I couldn't get him to stop. I fantasized about just going to my mom's house and just dropping him off and throwing my hands up. Like, I was so defeated, I could not handle another second of this inconsolable crying. Like, what do I do? I I was going crazy. And those situations can make you really resentful and apathetic which is scary, that's, you know, that's the scary part, but constantly reminding yourself that it does pass and that it is just a phase. That was my mantra in keeping my shit together as well as, you know, as much together as I possibly could at the time. So don't feel bad about needing a minute and recharging to regain your patience. It will probably happen and you may question whether you're capable of being a mom But trust me, every mom has questioned her capability at some point and we're all still doing it. It does get easier and I'm already saying that at just four months. The first two months were definitely the hardest. But, you know, it's just, it's really disappointing hearing those stories and I I do not want to make excuses for these women. I really don't because it's, it makes my blood boil and it makes my stomach turn and it makes me just want to cry for these poor babies but it's like man we need more support like we're not we're not made to care for a newborn baby on our own it's just not easy it's oh my god it's so fucking hard it's the hardest thing i've ever done in my life and i know that some babies are easier than others And I know for a fact that Ash was a very, very difficult newborn. Like, me and Stefan would just look at each other in disbelief, shaking our head. Like, how the fuck does this happen? Literally, like, one of us would be holding Ash while he's just losing his shit. And we're just like, the blood has drained from our face and we're like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? There were a few times I, I honestly sat there, like, 
Should I just take him to the hospital? Like, I don't know what to do at this point. I've never seen a colicky baby, I guess. I'm still to this day, I just can't really believe that that's normal. Like, the type of behavior that apparently colicky babies have. It was, it blew my mind. I was so nervous and scared and tense every night when he was doing that and apparently baby crying is like the number one most stressful noise for humans to hear because our instincts kick in and yeah so it was a lot it was a lot to handle and I'm so happy that that passed but anyway (laughs) moving on Um, this experience can really make you lose yourself and miss who you were before you had a baby. And for this reason, it's so important to try to make time for yourself. And I know that is so cliche, but seriously, as mom, we don't have alone time. It's just not a thing. So like I mentioned earlier, dedicating a time frame to dad is important. You can take a nice bath make yourself some tea or have a glass of wine, do a face mask, read a book, binge watch something, anything that will give you a little taste of your old life so you don't feel totally lost and not like yourself. Losing your old identity to your new one is really tough and really confusing to figure out. You're a different person now. You're a mom. Like that's a huge transition and again, really blindsides you. And for that reason, This can put a huge strain on your relationship if you're in one. Miscommunication and unpreparedness can make this transition that much harder because you feel so alone in this. And it's pretty inevitable that mom will carry most of the load. (laughs) I've learned that no matter how helpful and supportive your partner is, you will most likely still feel overwhelmed and that your partner doesn't quite understand how much unnoticed work and effort you're putting forth and I think that's the main reason that we do become so exhausted and resentful and depressed this period of your life calls for more open communication in any other time before it you'll both be tested over and over and over so keep that in mind it takes a lot of work and willingness to talk some last quick tips that probably sound like a no-brainer but really really need to be taken seriously is eat. Do not go hungry. You need to nourish your body after the single-handedly most intense experience you will ever go through. Lots of warm food, soups, bone broth, lentils, quinoa, beans, plants. Even if you don't have an appetite, you have to eat. Staying hydrated. Have a bottle of water next to you at all times. If you get stuck in one place with your baby, which is very likely to happen, you still need to be drinking lots of water. Reach out to your support system. If you're feeling down, talk to someone. Let them know. They will probably come over. Take your vitamins. Make sure you're getting iron, magnesium, and vitamin B12 and vitamin D at the very least. And lastly is journaling. I just recently started implementing this and it's honestly been a huge game changer. It gives me the opportunity to really check in with myself, 
be honest and visualize my thoughts and feelings. I know it sounds cheesy, but journaling has actually been shown to be super effective in terms of therapy. If I notice I'm starting to feel down or numb, I open my notebook and I identify what I'm feeling, whether it's situational or chemical, and steps that I can take to take care of myself. And it has seriously blown my mind how helpful it's been. I've been doing it for about a month and my downswings are so far and few between. I actually just journaled the other day for the first time in weeks and hours after that self-check-in. I felt totally fine and I was in a great mood ever since. Checking in with yourself is so important. Ask yourself what you need. Is there anything you can improve about how you feel right now? Is it attainable? What is it? What steps can you take to obtain that? It will change your life. It helps to put a stop to depressive episodes, and that's for anybody, not just for postpartum depression. PPD can last years, though, and sometimes never even get resolved, so if you think you're still struggling with it, I hope that you can find a few of these tips that are still relevant to you and can help. But that wraps up this episode on postpartum depression. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.